Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Caitlin Shadbolt has just released her third studio album, Bloom and Surrender, following the 2020 release stages, but she first came to public attention in the X Factor, on the X Factor in 2014. Caitlin is an accomplished songwriter as well as performer, and her excellent country pop sensibilities are on display on this new album. So I'm going to talk to her about it. Hi, Caitlin. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's such a great album, um, full of many earworms. My current earworm is Common Ground, which is such a lovely song. But I wanted to start by talking about the fact that it is divided into two parts, Bloom and Surrender, mm-hmm. which are about the extrovert and introvert parts of you. Yeah. I'm wondering, as a performer, do those parts ever fight each other? Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because now that I'm on the road and I'm trying to create a live set and a live show, I'm kind of like, hmm, how should I put these songs together? Because I obviously want to display them, but I, I want them to have their own moments. And there's certain gigs where songs work better. And, um, yeah, and definitely, I mean, even just playing shows in general, sometimes I get on stage and I'm like, I would love to just play this side of the record or this side of the record. But, um, yeah, it's definitely just finding that happy medium, like everything. So it sounds like you've worked up all the songs on the album to play live. Um, I imagine a bit of instinct comes into it if, once you get to a venue because, of course, you don't know what the audience will be like. Totally. I know. I can have this entire set list written out and then just not follow any of it once I get on stage because I just uh, I just feed off the energy of the crowd and just go, okay, you guys need this one next and here we go. So yeah, Right. Um, now you said that the bloom half is the party half of the album and that is true in terms of the tempo and style of the tracks Although lyrically these songs do have depth, they're not, you know, party-hardy songs. Did you set out to write a party half? Would it just turn out that way once you looked at the songs you had? It kind of just turned out that way, to be honest. I felt like I sort of, I had a, most of the songs and then I was like, hmm, these are really contrasting. How how am I going to make them work together? Um, and so I guess the songs dictated what the album became as opposed to the album dictating the songs. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because you started writing the Surrender songs in 2020, from what I understand. That's, you know, Stages was out in 2020, but we all know what else happened in 2020. Uh, it was in time of enforced introversion. So I'm wondering if writing those songs helped you navigate that time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was such a reflective time, I think, for everyone. And everyone processes it differently, you know. Um, some people turn to, like, a bottle of wine. And <laughs> I mean, I must say I did that plenty as well. Um, but I, I wrote a lot of songs in that time. And I just I just had time, like all of us, to sit back and just think about life and my values and what, what my thoughts are on, on life in general. And so, um, yeah, I, I found it was quite therapeutic almost to just write a song and just let whatever come out. And then for me afterwards to say, mm, okay, what, what am I trying to say here? Um, so yeah, it was, it was actually a really nice process. Because you do some co-writing, were you doing Zoom co-writes during that time or did you wait till it was over and you could actually see people in person and you just went with the start of the songs you had? Yeah, I did a few co-writes, uh, like one of them being with Melanie Dyer. There's a cut on there. Um, but for the most part, I didn't, I don't love writing on Zoom because I'm always all about the connection and the connection is quite often, you know, pretty rickety. Um, And I think that is why so many of the songs on this record are are just written 
on my own. It's just just me as the writer, um, which, yeah, I, th- I think it's cool. I think I love that every album that I release and that most artists release is really just like a, a result of the last couple of years of that person's life. So I think mm. this one's definitely that for me. Yeah, part of what I detected on the surrender half, and it may, may or may not be true, is, is that it's almost like you surrendering to loving and being loved. It seemed like that was, and it's not like these are five love songs on that half of the album, but there was just a like almost a bigger sense of that going on in your life. So I'm wondering if that was a conscious theme. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I definitely, I decided to call that, that part of the album Surrender because it really was about me surrendering to just, just everything, including how I feel and and what I want to write about, um, and how I want to write that, and but also just surrendering to you know we're in lockdown, we have no control over this. Let's just let it happen. Surrender to the timelines. You know, you think you have control over all this stuff, and and really you don't. So as a songwriting um, exercise, I also just yeah, I, I let myself surrender to whatever I felt in that moment, and that's what came out. And you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable in some of these songs like Growing Pains and Fly on the Wall. And I'm wondering if as you get further in your career, you trust that the audience is there to catch you when you're vulnerable like that. Yeah, I think so. I think the older you get to, the more you just kind of get tired of like, um, you know, putting your walls up and just trying to be the, the happy-go-lucky person. And it's like, oh, come on, man, we're all human. Um, and and I think the best way to connect with people is to be vulnerable. Um, so, yeah, I just decided, yeah, bugger it. I'm going to w- literally wear my heart on my sleeve with these couple of songs. And and I think people connect to them in their own way. And that's what I love about songs too is that, um, you know, it's really up to everyone's interpretation. Now you said that Fly on the Wall, which is the last track on the album, is the most vulnerable song you've recorded to date and you also recorded it in a vulnerable way. It was one take. It was you and a guitar, uh, as in your voice and a guitar, um, and it's a beautiful recording. I'm wondering, though, to prepare for something like that, you probably didn't know it was just going to be one take. You might have been prepared to do more takes, but um, do you almost like have to gear yourself up like it's a performance so that you can be really present with that song when you record it? Yeah, definitely. I think because I just wrote that song exactly how it was recorded, then we tried to produce it into something and it just didn't kind of capture the magic in the same way that the demo did. And and it was also the last track that we recorded. And to be honest, my partner and I, we were both like, stuff this, let's just record it and see what happens. We'll just do it in one take, no click track, no tuning, no nothing, just let's go. Um, And we played it back and we were like, that's it. That's what it has to be. Um, and yeah, we recorded it at like at nighttime after dinner, I turned all the lights off. Um, and yeah, it was just, I just shut my eyes and it was just, yeah, a beautiful moment. Wow. Now your partner is Matt Smith, um, who is the producer for this album as well. And I remember when I spoke to you around stages time, you had set up some recording equipment where you live because of the pandemic and you had learned how to do all the technical side of stuff. And obviously Matt was there with you. Clearly you trusted him enough after that that you allowed him to produce your album. Yes, yeah. So our pandemic project was, you know how some people, I don't know, they start a herb garden. Well, we built a studio. Uh, We just built a massive shed and put a studio in it. And when I say we, I didn't actually lift a finger. It was all that. But I was like, that paint colour's cute. Let's do that. Um, So, yeah, and then we kind of decided, well, we've got this amazing space. Um, Let's just... Let's just try it. I mean, we're, we're both artists in our own right. We're musos. We've, we're so creatively con- in, involved all the time as it is. So let's just 
just do the whole thing and see what happens. And we almost got divorced before we got married, but we didn't. <laughs> Over the studio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the recording process. It's it's a lot. It's um it's kind of like, you know, people that might go on the block or something. Yeah. Um, just to test out their relationship. But anyway, we survived. We're great. <laughs> well, that's well, and it's a great record has resulted, but I can imagine it would be testing because particularly for you as the artist, um, and you would have your own ideas about how you want things and he's imposing his ideas or maybe not imposing suggesting oh Oh, absolutely no no no. he was like nope that's wrong it's got to be like this and and you know we're both really passionate musicians so um the way he would hear things sometimes and the way I hear things and um but that's just the creative process and it's also just like um it wasn't also just that it was like working pro tools out and recognizing that it can just throw tantrums at any point in time and you know the technical difficulties and things that break and you just you pull your hair out but um hey it was all part of the process so now that you have this studio are you more inclined to go and demo a song when you're writing it just to see how it turns out oh absolutely yeah I feel so privileged to be able to just walk over to the studio and and lay down a track and then just just to know I've, I've got it and I can build on it anytime I want yeah yeah now you wrote Let It In and Common Ground with Sarah Buckley, who was a collaborator on stages as well. What, yeah. what works so well between you and Sarah that you're doing it again? I don't know. We're both Libras. <laughs> there's something about there's something about her. And you know what? So is Melanie. Oh. All my favorite people are born in October. Um, look, I don't know. We just get along really well. And the songwriting, like, you know, the connection thing, we kind of look at each other and just, it, well, I just got to be that, isn't it? Um, yeah. We just have a good time. And I think our styles are somewhat similar and we, we like the same stuff. And um, yeah, we just have fun and write songs and put them on records. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned Melanie, Melanie Dyer, with whom you wrote and recorded Dumb Decisions. And there's another track on the album, I think, that's a Mel Dyer co-write. Um, you were also on tour together recently. I'm actually wondering what the very first song you wrote together was. Oh, good question. I don't think it's ever seen a light of day, if that gives you any idea on the quality of it. <laughs> um, I actually don't remember. We've written quite a few songs together, though, but I must say writing Dumb Decisions was the best writing session I've ever had. It was it was right. great. We, I've laughed, never laughed so much in my life. So, um, yeah, I think the song also kind of, you know, shows that. And well, and the tour was great fun because I saw you live during that tour. So I'm hoping you might consider doing it again together because it was a great, um, a great pairing. Um, but are there any dumb decisions you've made just generally that have turned out to be great? Oh, probably too many to even remember or to start. Um, yeah, I think, I think like the whole song came about as just, just general like reminiscing on, on tour stories. You know, like just just random stuff even if it's as simple as like an outfit choice um and I I don't know I think sometimes yeah the the best moments when you're on the road is like sitting around in the band room just talking about the times and laughing and going oh god that was so bad and um uh, yeah I don't know I think reminiscing is a I'm a very nostalgic person so maybe that's why Right. Uh, are you a nostalgic person in in terms of like keeping a diary, keeping journals, or keeping just mementos mementos of various places you've been? Yeah. Yes and no. I think photos is a big one. Okay. I take photos of lots of things, and I love looking back through the through the memories of that for sure when they pop up. Do you tend to use photos or other other I suppose memory triggers for lack of a better term when you're songwriting? Like you're looking, you're thinking, I've got a, a, there's a niggle here, there's something I want to write. I'm just going to have a look at what I have and see if that sparks something. 
Yeah, in some ways, in some ways, yeah. Um, but yeah, probably mostly just also just to jog my memory, <laughs> you know, to be like, and, and also it helps me time place things like, oh, that's right, you know, we did this, and when was that? Oh, we went to the beach soon after that, so I'll go back and I'll I'll look, and um, there, there we have it. Now, at the time I'm speaking to you, you are on tour with Brad Cox and doing quite a few shows um, along the eastern seaboard, but you also have some festivals coming up, including one in your hometown of Gympie. But I'm going to focus on country on Keppel because I imagine that playing a festival on a tropical island is a great gig. It is, I know, and I'm very fortunate. I'm still like, you sure? You sure this is a paid gig for a whole weekend? Um, but, yeah, this will be my second time playing country on Keppel, though this time is in winter, which is which is great. I'm excited for that. Won't be so scorching hot. Um, but it's amazing. It's such a beautiful part of the world. And the just the event in itself is is like no other. It's so cruisy but fun. And you just you just hang out on an island with a bunch of people together and play music. And it's it's amazing. I saw a photo of where one of the stages was and it was literally next to the beach. I thought that that is that is extraordinary. Literally, like the last time I played, I had my sandals and I walked on the stage like the side of stage and then I quickly kicked them off and put my heels on and walked on stage because there's there's just no way I could get to stage otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And now Gimpy will be a different deal. That is a, a big outdoor festival. Um, people camp there. So I imagine quite different to country on Keppel. Do you like playing those big festival shows? I do, yeah. I mean, I love all gigs, really. I love the huge big festivals and I love the intimate crowds as well when there's just you know 50 to 100 people in a room so um but yeah the Gimpy Music Master I mean I'm excited I it's my hometown show um I look forward to it every year and um yeah I can't wait to get back there again so I guess uh, that it suggests that there might be more bloom songs for Gimpy than surrender songs just because of the sort of crowd it is well, yeah, quite possibly, although I am doing like an acoustic show this time um, just because so much of the tour this year is, is acoustic, so we kind of stuck with that. Um, so it might be actually a great opportunity to have a little intimate moment um, at, at the festival. We'll see. And any plans to tour on your own or with someone else to tour the album? Um, I think we'll wait and see because the next sort of three months are, are pretty well blocked out. And, and full up so um the end of the year yeah we're, we're working on some stuff it's just a case of logistics and mapping it all out um but yeah I definitely do hope to do some more touring well Caitlin it's a fantastic album Bloom and Surrender it is out now I hope people go and listen to it you have already have many many Spotify monthly listeners so I'm sure this will <laughs> add to their number thanks for talking to me no worries thank you Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.